This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bite, hosted by superfan and actual know-it-all Kyle Armstrong on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Welcome to the Forward Bite Podcast for the ninth episode and the second of 2021. Unfortunately, I did not get to attend any races over the weekend. However, I definitely watched a lion's share of motorsports all weekend on TV, including the Wild West Shootout in Arizona, the Ice Bowl at Talladega Short Track, and the New Year's Bash Street Stock event at Dillon Motor Speedway. I want to give a special thanks and a shout out to the Dirt Nerds podcast for having me on their show this week. Please go over there and give it a listen to hear a little bit more about me. Check out all of their episodes. They do a fantastic job. That was pretty cool to do. I got to go on there and talk. I don't talk a lot about myself on this podcast, so if you want to hear more about me, then you can go over and check their thing out. It's uh, It turned out great. I thought it was awesome. Uh, I really appreciate that, guys. Elliot and Dwayne, uh, I appreciate you having me. Uh, well, racing is back in 2021. This is Chili Bowl week right here perhaps the biggest short track motorsports event in America. And I wanted to wish uh, some good luck to some of the dirt late model talent competing this week at the Chili Bowl out in Tulsa, Oklahoma, including Tim McCready from Watertown, New York, Matt Westfall and Nick Hoffman right here from Mooresville, North Carolina, friend of the show. Well, this week, this past weekend, I had full intentions of going to Cherokee Speedway to attend the Frostbite 40 Dry Dean Extreme Dirt Car Series event, which ironically was postponed due to frigid temperatures and inclement weather uh the the makeup date has not been announced yet but that'll be one i'll uh be looking forward to going to whenever that is fayetteville motor speedway race this weekend dustin mitchell and cheeseburger brian mullis picked up late model wins down there i uh that kind of went uh under my radar a little bit i didn't really realize they were having a race i should probably do a better job of uh, keeping up with that i guess but i, I would have probably like to went out there to that but i missed it and uh saw a little bit about it after the fact so uh yeah i like to get out there to fayetteville they changed the track a little bit and i'd like you know cut it down i haven't seen a race at it yet since they've uh since they've made the changes michael page douglasville georgia captured his fifth consecutive ice bowl super late model victory at talladega over sam c right who led the first couple of laps michael page uh has pretty much been dominant at Talladega Short Track. Uh, I would say he's uh, he's 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 the odds-on favorite every time he shows up down there, and he uh, showed out this weekend again and uh, picked up the six thousand dollar check. Jason Welshen grabbed the Crate Late Model victory, while Matt Henderson, who we're going to have here on the show here momentarily, grabbed the Limited Late Model victory. My buddy Patrick Lyon from Gastonia, North Carolina, claimed a street stock victory in dominating fashion, never even seeing the place until this weekend, and I thought that was worth noting. This coming weekend, the World of Outlaw Late Model Series kicks off at Volusia Raceway Park with the Sunshine Nationals, January 15th and 16th. So that's uh, that's where your Brandon Shepherds are going to be, your Ricky Weiss. Uh, Ross Bells is getting his start this year with that series, so it'll be uh, one to keep an eye on. Saturday night, my attention turned to the Wild West shootout at FK Rod Ends Arizona Speedway. Jonathan Davenport picked up the win on Saturday night over Ricky Thornton Jr. And then, man, there was some good racing out there, too. A lot of good slicing and dicing in those heat races, and I look for that to be a good show all this week uh, whenever they race some more. They actually get back to action on Wednesday night and then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So if you're going out there, I uh, hope you enjoy it. I hope it's a good race. We'll definitely be watching from home. 
And then on Sunday night, uh, Ricky Thornton Jr. out dueled Davenport to pick up the win. So they kind of flip-flopped a little bit. So Jonathan Davenport and Ricky Thornton Jr. right now have a shot to pick up that $100,000 bonus if they either one of them can win the next uh, the next four events out there in Arizona. So that's interesting. Uh, Bristol is, at, is uh, starting to build the dirt track out there. We talked a little bit about it on the show last week about whenever they would get started, and they are underway starting it. They're uh, using a base layer of sawdust right now, and it looks like they've about got that done, and I saw the first loads of clay coming in over top of the sawdust. So they have a pretty cool live webcam you can go to on their website and uh, keep an eye on that. They were actually, it was snowing today, and they were working in the snow, uh, and I thought that was neat to see. So uh, go on there and check that out, and we look forward to going to that race at Bristol here in a couple of months. We're going to take a quick break on the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. On the other side of the break, we're going to call up Loudon, Tennessee's Matt Henderson and get a word with him. Next, we're going to go to the phone lines and take a phone call from uh, Matt Henderson in Loudon, Tennessee. Matt picked up a win this weekend at Talladega Short Track in the Limited Late Model, and I promised him I'd get him on the show whenever he did something notable. Well, finally, he did something notable. Matt, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, man. Yeah, like I said, we uh, uh, last minute, I appreciate you uh, agreeing to come on here tonight. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's really appreciated. Well, you picked up that win at Talladega Short Track this weekend. Kind of recap your weekend. Man, it was, uh, it was a cold, wet weekend. Um, you know, the pits were just saturated. They had some rain. Most people would have give up, but they uh, soldiered through it. We, we qualified fourth and won our heat, started fourth, and ended up getting the victory. You know, had to be real patient with the traffic and um, ended up getting around them on the top. Well, congratulations. Yeah, I know I saw your uh, Facebook post whenever you said you qualified pretty decent and you won your heat race. I said, well, that's who I'm taking tomorrow. I think he's due for a big win, and, and you pulled it off. So tell us a little bit more about that uh, CVR car you were driving this weekend well that was actually the house car in 2019 and then the guy that i was driving for wanted a new car and chip didn't have a house car driver so we got it and um we've been racing it for the past two years it's been really good but we had a really really outdated motor i mean the thing was 12 years old and our results just showed that i mean we were four fifth we haven't had our stuff together and this was a brand new motor that um, is up to date with the rules and so we feel like we now have a total package to where we can utilize our good car because we have a excellent cvr race car and um you know i just uh real thankful for chip and everybody over there that that has anything to do with the knowledge that you get when you get one of these cars yeah absolutely i've always uh I've uh, always kept up with your career through the years. I think one of the first times I remember uh, hearing about you or seeing about you, uh, they back uh, probably 2004 or five Discovery Channel did a special on you whenever you were just getting started. And I remember yeah. seeing seeing that a long time ago. I'm not sure a lot of people remember that. If you could tell us a little bit about it. So uh, I was um, at the racetrack. You know, I'm a 14 year old kid. I've never never done anything in a race car that was halfway notable and um 
they're like, hey, the Discovery Channel wants to come film here, and they want to to uh, use you as a story piece. And I'm like, oh, that's a waste of time, you know. But <laughs> we did that. And, uh, uh, they come down, and they followed us around for a week. and Just a, a real neat deal, you know. And, yeah, like you said, it's been forever ago. And not many people even know that that happened, but that was a really neat deal. Well, to me, that put it, that puts your name and you on the map for me, and I've kind of kept up with your career ever since. And uh, that, I, I think that probably carried you a long way there at the time, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, especially for somebody. That, I mean, I literally had just started racing, had no experience. You know, definitely wasn't good for anything racing related. I mean, that that did a lot for me when I didn't have much going on. Yeah. Well, what. Well, how has your career been from that point to now? Kind of recap a little bit. Like you've uh, you've drove some super late models, some crate late models. You've kind of just been a late model guy in, in East Tennessee, but I know you've won some track championships and everything. Uh, you're, uh, you know, I think you've got a lot of a lot of a lot of success in the past, and I think you've got a lot coming in the future. But a little bit of the past right now to kind of let the people at home know a little bit more about you. Well. So I started when I was 14. My dad owned several late models, and um, he had a late model team, and I always wanted to drive, and he would not let me do that because he wasn't going to have a kid that couldn't work on the car and, you know, didn't appreciate the work that went into it. So I had to work on everybody else's race cars so that I knew how not to tear one up or a reason not to tear it up is how much work it was. So um you know i was around it dad made me appreciate it and then when i was 14 that was from age 10 till 14 and nowadays it's really common for a 10 11 12 year old to get behind the seat of a light model back then you didn't do that so at 14 i got behind the wheel and uh, you know won a track championship my first year won won a few races uh, finished fourth in points at another track and got rookie of the year and uh, just just had a pretty good amount of success and let my ego get carried away and move up way too quick and got into supers and we, we didn't have the budget for that and uh, you know it, it really it sidelined my career because I went from winning races to being able not to compete and it took your confidence away and it there was all kinds of issues that came from trying to move up too fast. I wasn't ready, so that's uh, yeah, I was that's hard on. You. I was going to say along the same time you kind of got started racing. It was around the same time the crate late model kind of took off the crate engines, and and that seemed like that really played right into your hand to get to uh, start off in those, didn't it? Yeah, well, actually, I so in in two thousand six, I had to go out for back surgery. And I was running Super Zen. And then in 2012, a guy called me and was like, hey, man, I want you to come drive my car. And I, I stayed away from it because I have horrible back problems. And um, I'd stayed away from it, not even looked at a race, tried acting like racing didn't exist. And I went I went and drove for him and then bought a car and, you know, got right back into it like I didn't need to. And, uh, you know, it started in limited late models. And then I couldn't afford to keep doing that because – you know, you're spending twenty thousand dollars to race for a thousand to win, so that didn't make sense to me. So I bought a crate motor, 
in 2013 and went crate racing. And that was good for me because the races paid more and I was able to travel and, and, uh, you know, hit some of those bigger shows. Yeah, exactly. You've, you've been able to go to quite a few, uh, uh, big races at some big tracks and, uh, you race around there a lot in East Tennessee, but what are some of the racetracks that like some of the bigger, some of the tracks you went to that you've traveled to that you really enjoyed going to on, on that tour? I'm going to say the, my favorite is Magnolia in uh, Columbus, Mississippi. Yeah. That place just gets so wide and slick and it, it just takes a lot of concentration not to blow the tires off, even on a crate motor, you know? And, um, it's just a lot about making sure you can maneuver and don't get trapped in dirty air and, and that's just the kind of technical racing I enjoy. So that's probably my favorite. But uh, I've ran and won at uh, Brunswick, Georgia, which is a wide open place. You know, I, I love them all, but I, I've just been blessed to be able to go to a lot of really unique places. Tri County in Brasstown, North Carolina is probably my favorite track, actually. Um, come to think of it, because Ray has something special there that people don't usually give much of a chance, but that is one awesome joint. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people probably don't know, it, but I, I grew up, I did a lot of growing up there, uh, brass town, tri County racetrack. I saw, uh, Jonathan Davenport make some of his first starts there in a super late model or, or a late model in general at that track. And it was, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a really cool track. That's a, that's a diamond in the rough that a lot of people don't even know about, but I think it's gaining some, prominence now and i think that uh i think that you'll see some bigger things come out of that and then you mentioned uh golden isles down there at brunswick georgia i unfortunately uh, i was planning on going down there this year i usually try to go every year and it looks like uh looks like that won't get to happen this year so uh unfortunately but yeah so what are some other what's some uh some of your stuff you're looking forward to this year on your schedule well, we're, we're going to run the Top of Outlaws with the double O car that I was with this weekend and um, run that whole deal. That's a really cool limited late model series that, um, you know, the competition is just insane on. I mean, there's 12, 15 cars that can win every race. So uh, we're going to do that. And then I'm going to drive the CBR house car in crates, um, you know, all over the country, just going to chase wherever we got to go, you know, for the big money races. So. I'm looking forward to that. You know, I, I work with Chip every day, and and uh, just just very fortunate that we we did some things this year that opened the doors for me to be able to drive for him uh, in 2021. And uh, I drove for Rusty Webb and a bunch of big crate races, and we were good this year. So it it, it turned into that, and I'm really looking forward to getting back into crate racing uh, on a more full time level so yeah i'm looking forward to seeing that and I, i'll tell you what you mentioned chip vineyard there i've always really uh admired his uh his fabrication skills man he can put a good looking body on a dirt late model he always puts some good looking race cars on the track over the years i i don't know if you've ever seen him actually do that but it, it's effortless for him and it makes me sick because i can't do any of it <laughs> uh, not make it look like he does i mean it's it's insane how how good he is at that so yeah he appreciates that but um the the fabrication side of everything he does is just unreal well i hope he listens to this so he can hear me say that but yeah 
I, I tell you what, man, he uh, I've always admired his stuff for sure. And, uh, and you've always got some good looking cars when you're driving his, uh, speaking of a good looking car, a couple of years ago, you did that, uh, tribute car for Dwayne Hommel. And I wanted to bring that up because that was a really cool, uh, deal. Yes. Yeah. Um, that was a really cool deal because Dwayne meant so much to me in my early stages of my career, because he actually would come to atomic, you know, and I, I was, I mean, I'm not scared to say it. I was pretty much starstruck, man. I mean, the guy would show up with Scott and yeah, definitely. at the time, everybody and just be right there with them, if not beating them. And so I parked beside him one time and I was too bashful to like, but that's all there was parking wise. So I was freaking out, you know, and he watched me hot laugh and he goes, man, you've, you, you've got some stuff going on wrong. You need to change this and do this. And, like just really became involved in what I needed to do. And I just thought, man, this is, this is the guy, you know? So he, uh, he, he had that accident, you know, and yes, and it ended his career. And, um, so we, we go, I always had an H in nails, which was after his famed H2 somewhere either in the cockpit or on my it, it, H17 or 17H, however. And he comes to 411 because he heard somebody was doing that. His family brought him, and he wanted to see that. And they thanked me, and it was just a great interaction that we had. And he goes, you know, I was 17 when I started. I was number 17, and I went to H2. Maybe you ought to try that. It worked out good for me. That's, and, a, that's an awesome story. I how is Dwayne lately? Have you seen him? Have, have you kept have you keep in touch with him pretty much? Pretty good. Yeah, we we talk um, a few times a year. Uh, his family keeps up with the racing, and he does. He actually is is doing really well. Um, he he loves life, man, and just knowing his story and and what he was, it would be so easy to think, man, he's got to be bummed out, you know that. He's not able to race and do, and I'm telling you, he loves to be alive and, and have a good time. His sense of humor's there. I mean, he's just, he got to come to a race and we actually ended up winning that race. And he knew what I needed to do to the car. We argued over what tire to put on, but he's the one that was like, man, you need to do this and make these changes. I mean, he just, he was so ahead of his time on setup and, just different stuff that even 15 years later he was still right wow i had no idea he was that involved still yeah that made me so sad whenever he had his accident uh we we got to see him race quite a bit at cherokee speedway and uh, i remember seeing him race at riverside and he always had some good uh he had a he had a really he was one of the first ones to really have a merchandise trailer that had some unique items in it he had a uh <laughs> He had a toilet seat. I don't know if you remember that had his number and everything I, on it. I do. I remember when uh, Full Moon, who did his graphics, actually did that. Yeah. That was the coolest thing. And and everybody wanted one. I mean, they, they actually sold those a lot. Yeah, yeah. I can remember. Uh, I can remember him selling them that weekend there that night. That was uh, that was cool. But yeah, the uh, but yeah, Dwayne Hommel was awesome, man. Coming up more with Matt Henderson. This is the phone well, Before podcast, the break, we were on the, the subject of toilet seats Network. and Dwayne Hommel. Well, speaking of toilet seats, you've got a race coming up out there at 
called the Tuckasegee Toilet Bowl Classic at Clarksville, Tennessee. I'm sure you'll be a part of that. Are you going to that race? Yeah, man, we're looking forward to that. That's a very unique race with a unique trophy. And, uh, you know, I've never gotten to go out there. We've never either had a car ready or, or just not been able to attend. But I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully get to get me one of those uh, painted up toilets. That, that's pretty special in Tennessee to be this close to it. It's kind of bragging rights still. Yeah, that race has got a got a unique name and a unique story behind it. And uh, the winner gets a toilet bowl for the trophy, and you get to sit on it there in Victory Lane and have your picture made. It's pretty cool. Uh, what you need to do, though, since we're on the Speed Sport podcast, you need to uh, get you a Speed Sport magazine and sit there for the photo hop and read that. There you go. See, that's that's the kind of marketing we need. That's right. We'll, we'll get we'll put the we'll put the bug in somebody's ear. How about that? That's a good idea. Well, you got that race coming up. Uh, what else? Uh, what else is kind of on the on the docket for you after that? Well, we're going to uh, we're going to try to go um, to four eleven to break out this new house car, and and got some got some really cool things we're going to do with it this year. And then I'm going to run, like I said, all the topless races, and they have a they have a pretty good schedule that is pretty demanding on on a limited late model uh you know we're going to smoky mountain actually somebody you know the uh cash money races is coming to smoky mountain oh yeah and, cool. uh, that so we're going to get to do that and just a lot of opportunities like that, that i'm really looking forward to yeah i'm looking forward to that what about volunteer speedway you run up there a lot too don't you man i love that place that's my favorite tennessee track hands down um we we actually ran the fifteen five thousand fifteen thousand dollar race that they had. Um, gosh, um, when was that? In November, and we were we were really good there. And uh, man, I I love that place. Yeah, it's always a it's always probably one of the staples of East Tennessee. And you've got Taswell, and you mentioned four eleven. You've got Smoky Mountain. A lot of good tracks up there in Tennessee. I miss Atomic though. We used to have that. That was a really good track, and you know, there's a lot of a lot of good ones over there. And then you've got Kentucky. I'm sure you'll go up into Kentucky a little bit and race. Oh yeah, we've got Ponderosa uh, on the schedule for the year. Richmond, um, Lake Cumberland. You know, you got some good tracks there. But I I don't know anywhere other than East Tennessee where you have so many racetracks that you can actually race on that close to each other. I've got seven tracks within an hour and a half of me that all of them put on a decent race. Oh yeah. Amen. Yeah. You, they, that's, that's another thing I was going to say. You've got a lot of good racetracks out there to, that you can actually get side by side on, man. And I hate to put down some of our tracks around here, but it's, uh, well, we've got some good tracks, but it's far and few between on some of that stuff. So it's, it's not just your area. It's everywhere. I mean, we, we just, we're very fortunate. We've got, We've got business people that grew up in the sport that want to see it, and their way of giving back is buying racetracks and pouring their heart and souls into it. Roger Sellers at Smoky Mountain, Mitch McCarter and them at 411, Landon at Tazewell, uh, the folks or uh, Landon at Bulls Gap, yeah, yeah, and and the folks at Tazewell. I mean the halls at Tazewell. We've got the new promoters at um, Spring City Mountain View. Uh, you know, Warburg used to be a place that everybody considered a joke. It's one of the best 
track surfaces that you have. Tell, period. Us, tell us a little bit about Wartburg because I haven't heard about that track in a long time. Wartburg is a sandy, pity, just blowing place back in the early 2000s. Now the place is the slickest, smoothest place in Tennessee, and it's it's an awesome race. Yeah, I've uh, I've heard of it, and I've I've been out, I've been by it before on the road out there, but I've never been there and seen a race. Well, there was actually a World of Outlaw race there, and uh, I think Tim McCready won it. Yeah, well, speaking of Tim McCready, he's actually in the Chili Bowl right now, and he's running his heat race as we speak. I was kind of look, looking at that and keeping up with that. The chili- wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, we're talking. So, speaking of the Chili Bowl, do you ever kind of watch any other forms of racing, or do you, uh, or do you kind of just stick to dirt late models? Man, I'm a big fan of anything racing, like uh, even F1 and everything, just anything that's racing because it's just the passion of it. Yeah, man, I I love to keep up with all of it too. Hell, I was watching some snowmobile racing this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, I would I would not do that, but I would definitely watch it. Oh, it was more entertaining than it sounds like it would be. It really was. But anyway, what uh, I guess kind of walk us through like your uh, your day to day. Like, what's your what's your day job? What do you do for a living? And uh, you work on that race car a lot, I'm sure. And just I just kind of was wondering how you uh, how you make a living, Matt. Well, I I sell safety products, racing safety products to. Uh, everybody in the country it seems like um you know just just try to help people that way and then uh i'm at cvr all day every day helping build cars and and try to try to help our customer base and and putting together information and and making sales and so i do that and uh then you know try to get our house car program going uh the way we think it should and then we uh we got uh luke's car which is the double zero car that i drove this weekend we've got it in uh Harriman. so I'll, I'll leave working on uh chip stuff and then go over there and work on that stuff so i, I don't get much of a break from race cars i hear you how, I, I i would uh i was gonna ask you how busy you are i know i work at sri performance and we've got any and every part you could imagine on a race car in stock and uh, we're just busy. The phone's ringing. You hang it up, and you can't even breathe, and it's ringing again. So it, you get behind pretty quick. And uh, I just, man, we're uh, we're wide open right now. Everybody's building these race cars, and I'm sure you are too. We are, man. We're so busy. We actually buy stuff from SRI, but we are so busy. Uh, we're blessed right now. We're 11 cars behind on the new car side. Have more bodies and repairs to do than we would ever expect. You know, this is last year was our best year ever to date with as many wins as we could record. And, you know, I, I just I know the the year was bad for a lot of people uh, with everything going on. But business wise, it was it was excellent for us. We had a good year. Yeah, it seemed like racing never, never really uh, slowed up there. But I'll tell you what, if this goes on much longer, I don't know. Uh, it'll be tough, but. It, right now business is good so it's it's going okay but what's uh well matt what's some of your what's one of your biggest wins you've had over your career and what's some of your most memorable moments in a race car or even not in a race car man i uh when i in 2012 i had my son and uh 
it was my first race back from back surgery and I got to hold him in victory lane. That's probably the most significant thing I've ever had happen with a race car. Um, then, so Dwayne's in a wheelchair and uh, we, we rolled to victory lane that night and he, he actually stands up under his own power to get his pictures taken when he had a hug and, you know, just, just things like that, man. I've been blessed to have so many nights like that and so many memories, just, those those mean a lot that's what i'm gonna carry with me when i can't do it anymore that's special man that's cool that you've uh, been able to stay in touch with Dwayne hommel like that and it's uh it really i'd say it means a lot to him and his family and i mean like you touched on earlier and yeah that would have to be a memorable moment but yeah your son how old is he now he's eight now eight eight years old when when is he going to start his go-kart career well, we're actually looking at the uh, Sharp Mini Late models. They're they're starting to catch on in our area. I uh, I haven't. He hasn't been able to convince me to go the go kart route. I'm scared to death with no cage. So uh, he's definitely tried. He he wants to do it right now. But I see pictures of him all the time on Facebook, and he looks like he's already a little racer uh, already. Oh yeah, he's he's about it. I mean, he he loves keeping up with racing, and um, you know, like yesterday, he wanted to call and see how we did, and you know, just he loves it. I mean, I I didn't have that love for it when I was his age. It took me s- several years, but he's interested in the car. He can watch the attitude of the car and know, you know, when I need to work on it, and tells me if I'm loose or tied. And I really have to keep him to keep his mouth shut because if somebody gets into me, he's like, you ran over my dad, you know? And I'm like, you're right. So now shut up. You know? Yeah, he's going to be a racer. I can tell just by what you're describing right now. He's going to be, he's going to, the Henderson name's going to live on for a long time, it sounds like. That's what I hope, man. I mean, that that's how I grew up and that's, you know, I, I just love it. And it, it probably kept me out of a lot of trouble I would have been in and, and uh, there's no better way to spend your time than in in the racing deal. Well, that's awesome to hear, man. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that he's appreciative of it, and you guys are in, enjoying racing together and spending a lot of time at the track. Well, Matt, that's really just about all I've got. I want to give you a chance to uh, name your sponsors right quick. Well, I got to thank Luke Crass and LTC Excavating, um, and then Chip at CVR. You know, not only do I drive his house car, but he helps me with everything I drive. You know, that's a CVR. I mean, more than more than most people would. You know, I mean, he puts a lot of time and effort. Just hands me a shock, and when I need something to build, you know, I mean, just everything he does for me. And then B and B Race Engines, Hoosier Tire South, uh, Mighty Muffler and Brakes, Crowder Small Engines. Just just so many people that it takes to make this thing go around the racetrack, PPM race products. You know, we've got some house car sponsors that we've not uh, announced yet that I can't get into, but, uh, you know, we've just got a lot of great supporters. It takes a lot of them to make that car go around the track. I appreciate you, man. You, uh, I I really do appreciate you jumping on here last minute and I hope to get to see a race sometime soon this year. And, uh, We'll uh we'll talk again sometime and uh, hope and I wish you a lot of luck this year. Best of luck to that CVR car and you behind the wheel. I think they've got them a good driver, and then you can get the job done and take care of your equipment. And that's what it that's what it takes. Thank you, man. Thank you for the opportunity to be on here.
Absolutely. Thank you. Well, folks, that was another episode of the Forward Bike Podcast and the books for this week. We uh, we kind of added that guest there last minute, Matt Henderson. I hope you enjoyed that. We had uh, we had Ricky Thornton Jr. lined up to be on the show tonight. He actually picked up a win last night at the Wild West Shootout, and he uh, kind of fell through at the last minute. So I didn't have as much time to prepare like I usually do with Matt, so we kind of just went off to cusp, and I hope you enjoyed that. Um, so until next week, I'm Kyle Armstrong. Bye.